The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on a break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Thursday, November 9th, 2017, Season 13, Episode number 72. Welcome to another edition of The Break. I'm Derek Eagleton, and we're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And uh, this morning, we're going to talk about, continue our conversation on the Atlanta Falcons. Cowboys will face the Falcons this Sunday in Atlanta. It is a 3.30 kick. And uh, today we're going to focus in on the Atlanta defense. Dave's going to give us a good scouting report on them. Amber and Nick are going to tell us what stands out about this defense. And uh, and so we'll make sure you guys are ready for this upcoming game. How's everybody feeling this morning? <laughs> Pretty good. Good. You know what I'm going to do? Okay, so Beachless. what I'm going to do really, like, after the show today, we're going to stay around for an extra 10 minutes, and we're going to work on this open. Like, when I cue you to say, when I say, how you feeling? How we doing, guys? There we go. You guys just say, great, Derek. Like yesterday, that was perfect. That was excellent yesterday. I actually got a couple tweets about that yesterday. People asking for raises for you. Like, it's when you do that kind of stuff, people like it. Do they? I guess. If I do it all the time, will it still be as awesome as it was, you know? They're not, you know. So defeated with you guys. They're, you know, show. strikes and gutters, ups and downs. Some days you bring it, some days you don't, you know? No, you don't have the luxury of not bringing it. I, I, I bring the info. I never, I can't guarantee what kind of mood I'm going to be in while I deliver it, you know? Okay. Anyway, I'm great, Derek. I, honestly. Jim. Thanks. I'm, I'm, I was here at 7.30 working on this thing. I actually expect more from Amber because but when she first got onto this show, she came in with that smile every day and a bubbly <laughs> personality. And over the time that she's been on this show, she's just kind of now down in the ditch with you and Nick. So. She hangs out with me and Nick all the time. <laughs> no, yeah. right? So it's just like I can't win here. All right, let's talk about this. Uh, let's first start first talking about injuries. There was like a really, really great moment yesterday. Uh, there's one player who's been missing so much from practice and – he actually practiced full yesterday. Cheeto Bayouzier, tell me more about it. Congratulations, Cheeto! Can we get excited yet? Like, can fans get excited? Is he going to play this week? Or I wouldn't get excited yet. Get excited. I wouldn't get excited yet. But he practiced. That's a step. Full. He practiced full. Yeah. He's his hamstring should be good if he's out there doing a full practice. But uh, I, I mean, you know, we'll see. Like, that's typically not the way NFL teams operate is to just th- – there, there you go, rookie. You're healthy for the first time in a month. Go play 70 snaps. Why are we acting like this guy's Darren Woodson? We're like, not. Prepared, I mean, I mean, no, that's my point. When he, even when he does come back, there's like a huge question mark about him. I think the fact is – And he's, he's got to finish a game too. He is a fairly high draft choice, yes. I would say. It's a significant draft pick. Right. He's at cornerback where you got young guys. People see? just want to see. It's not that, that he's going to be the savior of anything as much as people want to see. I know I'm interested to see what he can do on the field, and that's what you haven't had a chance to see yet. Man, right? Xavier. Xavier. Xavier, as Xavier, Dave tells us all Xavier. the time. Xavier. It's Xavier. Xavier. Are you I'm saying Xavier with... or the savior? What about him? <laughs> I got you now. I see what you're it's doing. It's okay. <laughs> Come on, catch up, Dave. All right. Catch up. What, what about him? Make He's talking point. about him uh, being the savior or not being the savior. I was just oh okay, I, whatever. It's to Nick's dumb. to Nick's point, 
Nick's not, Nick sounds a little broadacy over there. Like he's taking this broadacy, taking this personally that Cheeto hasn't been able to practice. But uh, <laughs> Brian will do that. Oh yeah, he Brian, like he's yeah, last year he was killing. He was career. really good about Tapper last year. Like, he holds grudges. Not very he's happy like, with him. Here I am saying you're this great player and you can't even get on the field. You make me look like an idiot. Like, <laughs> um, where was I going with that? Oh. No, but to Nick's point, I mean, he's not Darren Woodson. So, you know, he's not Tyron Smith. He's not going to just hop right in there and play like a beast having not practiced in a month. So, I mean, uh, I don't know what to expect. I don't know what they feel comfortable with. I know that he practiced full. I'll be interested to see how the week goes on and what that means. I mean, what type of workload does he have in the game? Does he suit up for the game? I mean, seven guys have to sit, and he hasn't played in a month. In training camp, when when he was healthy, I believe it was a Wednesday, but did he practice well? You remember? I remember he started super strong. Like like the first rep that he did in one on ones, he got a pick. I or one of his first reps. Uh, he had a great first like ten days, and then uh, from the Hall of Fame game until the end of training camp, it was like, where would he go? What happened? I mean, he was hurt for a decent amount of that, but just it it started super high and then it just kind of fizzled out um so well yeah like i'm i don't have high expectations for him at least not right now but he practiced so the step in the right direction could he be like jordan lewis he didn't, sure just like he him. could he didn't he absolutely that's a good point yeah. he, he absolutely well. could i mean in the all right he played the full game against the giants he played a quarter and a half against the broncos and he played a, a half quarter against the packers <laughs> And in that time span, I don't remember him doing anything bad. I don't remember being like, oh, bad day for Cheeto. So, you know, who knows? It's true. Who knows? Uh, but More than you can say for Nolan Carroll. That's absolutely true. Uh, one, pro- I, Like I said. Does he, he look ridiculous with that thing just sticking out like, like <laughs> this? Yeah, dude, you don't know my that. My favorite Martian. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. There sorry. you go. My headset might look even worse. But I'm a ahead. distractible I'm player. You are a distractible or, player. I, I was just acting like I didn't see it, but go ahead. It almost it was hitting Amber with it. I mean, I'm just focused on the game. Yeah, you are. I'm just focused on the game. Um, can I take this? Come on, go ahead. You can take it anywhere. I actually wanted to driver. take. I wanted to take the conversation in a little different direction because you were talking about the cornerbacks. Um, Anthony Brown. What, what do you guys have? What have you thought of his play so far this year? Good. To me, he's he's pretty good, and I don't. I'm done with the sixth round pick stuff. Like you know, you're you're just you're a starter now, or you're a regular player. It's like when Romo was here, you're like you weren't an undrafted rookie after about a year or so. And now you you're we expect more from you, and I think he's pretty good. I, I he's he's got a lot of speed, and we saw that in the game against the Chiefs. Does he get beat sometimes? Yeah, and he's he might be your best guy if you're an opposing player to to go after. But I, I think he's he's kind of a he's a fighter. I heard him on Friday talking about if he had to race Tyreek Hill, and he's like, "I take me," and like, and you know, even Switzer was like, you know, he he's like, he was in world class sprinter. He's like, okay, well, good for him. But I mean, I take myself. And so, is he a fighter or is he just delusional? Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's maybe a little both. bit of both. Yeah. But when you're a cornerback. You've got to sort of be that way. Well, a little bit. Every, every NFL player I've ever met is a little bit delusional. I mean, they would call that just confidence. Confidence. Yeah. They're incredibly confident. And I see it as delusion in a lot of cases. Yeah. But I get your point. I mean, he he, he was like, and the, the question was, let's be honest. The question was, if he gets a pick on like an out route, he gets a pick and he's jumped the route, is Tyreek Hill catching him? He's like, no, he's not catching me. 
from if I'm like that. Now, if he has an angle on me, maybe. So he wasn't just saying that he would just beat him in a foot race. Got it. He was just basically saying, I like my, my speed. Nobody's catching me from the, from behind. So he's got good confidence, good speed, uh, and he's playing with that. He needs to work on technique and all that stuff, but I, I think he's pretty good. I think he's, if anything, he's probably just a victim of his own success. Like he came out of nowhere, six round pick, had a great rookie season. People expect him to be even better. And I definitely don't think he's been bad, but, you know, he probably hasn't taken that step into being like a lockdown, amazing cornerback. He's definitely given up some gains this year. Um, but I think he's been solid overall. Absolutely. The reason I asked that question is because I, I kind of have the opinion that really all the cornerbacks have been pretty good. None of them have been horrible. And I don't know if there's been one that's kind of separated himself as the best corner on this team. Do you guys have an opinion one way or the other on that? Do you think there's a cornerback that separated themselves as the best among this group? I, I think you've got I think you've got the fastest, you've got the smartest, and you've got the probably just the grittiest corner, and they're all different. And that's not I don't know if that's good or bad. I mean, because I do think Skandrick Gives he is he plays like a veteran. He is an experienced guy. He knows where things are going to be, and you know he he's been pretty good this year. You know lately he's been kind of mixing it up, making some tackles. Um, but you know I, I, there's something about Jordan Lewis too. I mean Jordan Lewis is you know ready to fight, and he comes in here and you know doesn't have a lot of practice, and he just he just competes. You know I, I know that sounds like Garrett, but that's kind of what he does. He just he just competes. Does he get beat sometimes? Yep, but he's going to keep going. And Brown's sort of the same way. Um, I think uh, I'd probably say Skandrick just in terms of everything that he does. I mean, he's a great blitzer. He's He knows the defense back and forth. He's a veteran. He's super smart. He can cover. He can play slot. He can play outside. He's a special teams guy. Doesn't catch that well, but that's okay. Okay. Uh, would, would, hold on. If Heath, Heath, they both jumped the route. Does Skandrick pick that ball off? No. It depends. I'm sure he was mad about it. That was mine. Does might it have been, but he might have been like, oh, no, maybe. Right. Well, I, I, mean, I, depend, I think it depends a little bit. If it was a situation where he was going to have to reach out and catch it like this with his hands extended, I don't think he probably makes that catch, or at least history says he probably doesn't make that catch. But if it's a catch that's coming to him and he can kind of create a little, little bit, maybe he makes the catch. Who needed it more? <laughs> Definitely Heath. I mean, Skandrick was coming off. Definitely. I think Heath needed it more, yeah. Because yeah. I don't, like you guys just said, Skandrick's been good. Like, it's not like people are talking about Skandrick as a problem on this team. Right, but he, people were talking about okay, Heath as a problem. After the Redskins game, he had a really good game. Then he goes out and picks off that pass to win the game. Right. Like, that's what I'm saying. We're starting to talk about him in a different level. Okay, but I mean. But Heath needed it from a standpoint like, of like. Like, you keep your job. Yeah. Keep your job or go to the Pro Bowl. Hold like, off that Xavier kid. Yeah. Just I'm the fans hold him off a little, a little bit, bit more. I was going to say, if I was going to pick one of these corner, you're just like, got to cover a guy. Just pick one of these cornerbacks. You got to cover, like, one on one for the fate of the world. I'd probably pick Lewis. Really? I think so. You got to cover, like, their best player, like Julio. Like, yeah, like we're gonna decide this game just on one play fourth and, against fourth Julio. And seven, yeah, go get. And who's gonna who's gonna be the guy rolls out there? I'd probably go with Jordan. Really? I, I think so. I I don't know. See, I still take the guy that's the experienced guy. Like you guys were saying, he's smart. And and Orlando has because of his his veteran, uh, because he's a veteran and has such experience. I trust that at least he can maybe do something that's a little crafty to maybe make Julio not make that catch. I don't know if I trust that yet in those other two guys because they still are really young players, you know? That's fair. I mean, I, Julio would beat any of them, so, but I'd take Jordan, I think. I don't, whatever. It's a dumb. It's no, it's gonna, not. It's never going to happen. But it's a good, that was a good, that was yeah. a good. It kind of does happen, though. 
I mean, I, I guarantee there's going to be a point in the game where it's like, I look over at Derek like, this is a big play. Derek's going to be like, you think? It's fourth and six, <laughs> four said, minutes to go. You know? said that no, you're going to give me today. a prediction on top of it, though. You're going to yeah. tell me what's going to happen. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to happen. But and then he's going to line up. Julio's going to line up on the left side and, you know, or in the slot, and someone's going to have to go get him. And, and whoever that is, like, yeah. it's now on you. Yeah. That's what's so tough about him. I know we're talking defense for Atlanta, but, man, like he – he is so big and strong, and then he's in the slot. I mean, that, that, that's really because yeah. a lot of times it's those smaller guys. But we'll all right, let's uh, let's move on. One other thing I did want to note, uh, a couple other things I wanted to note about the injury report. Dan Bailey was out of practice yesterday, which I thought was interesting. Uh, it sounded like when Steven talked a few weeks ago, he said at least four weeks, uh, but at least it looks like he may be at least having some. Uh, he's suiting up and kind of getting back out there a little bit. That may be a good sign. Yeah, for him, he, for him, he's obviously. he's the new Cheeto. He came to practice and <laughs> did 15 minutes of work and stretched and everything. Yeah. But I mean, he didn't. It's a, it's a little bit different for kickers because they have their own regimen. They do their own stuff. And on, I don't. I think it's Thursday. Like they really only do their full routine one day out of the week. Like on Wednesdays, if he was fully healthy, Dan wouldn't kick on a Wednesday anyway because they don't want him doing all those reps. So. He didn't participate. I don't think he's ready to participate, but it's a little bit harder to gauge because it's so much different for a kicker's workload anyway. Is anybody worried about that? About that transition back into the to the mix? In what way? Well, I mean, it's it's not like another position where you just he comes back in and hope he does well, but if he's not really ready to go, then you have a backup because you really don't. I guess unless you want to say Heath is the backup. But, I mean, is, you, you're going to cut – you're probably going to cut Nugent, right? Or are you going to make him inactive? You make him inactive? Make, I don't know if I cut him. It, with a with a groin injury for a kicker, I might hold him for – at least for several weeks maybe. after Dan okay. is back. I'm feeling a little better about it now. Wouldn't you that's do fine. that? But, Wouldn't you guys think that's a smart yeah. way to do it? And I also but you're think, inactive. Yes, you, you have to be inactive, right? Unless you need him for kickoffs. Unless you don't want to put kickoffs on Dan Bailey. I, well, this all, my point would be that they're going to go even slower with Dan than they normally would with a player, I think, because like they have to be 100% sure that he's ready to go and that he's not going to suffer a setback. So yeah. and even if he's feeling good, I bet they'll wait longer than they need to just so they're not in a situation where he's down midway right. through a game. Yeah, You know, I I love Dan Bailey. I think he's great. I, he, he's been – he makes it so much easier to watch games because you're not ever really worried about kicking and yeah. field goals, and especially when it's like inside the you know really 55 yards, you kind of think he's going to make it, and he does. But like something about Nick Folk just kind of bothers me here because Nick Folk was kind of rolling too when he first got here, and then he had an injury, and it was a I think it was a groin injury. Or was he ever hip. as good as Dan Bailey? No, not really. Okay, he made the Pro Bowl as a rookie, but. Um, he was pro- you know, just a product of a good team that so year. You're, you're trying. You're saying the Dan Bailey era is coming to a close. No, day. I'm not saying that. I'm just like <laughs> that's kind of what it sounds. No, like, I'm just wor- I'm just a little worried about it because when you think about all these great kickers, other than like Vinatieri, you know, they kind of they, there they are. They're, they're one of the best in the league, and then you're like, that's I mean, that's David why a- they move around a lot like, too. Where's right? David Akers now? Yeah. You know what I mean? That it's just like oh. although he had a really long career. Didn't oh, I know, but I'm just saying, so, and then all of a sudden. Something happens, and so I, it, I'm just, like I, I hear you. It's kind of like it's like pop stars. Like you're on top of the world, and then you're like unemployed boy bands. Yeah, like I get it. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't either. Really, not yet, at least. I, but. I, I don't either. I just I, I think he's really good. And the thing about Dan is that he's he's so committed to his craft that I mean I, I'm sure it, it may not be this year though. 
He may not just come right back in and then start making 55-yard field. I mean, it may, it may be next year when that happens. And I think the other thing that happens a lot, too, is that kickers seem to go through this period where they get in this mental funk and they can't get themselves out of it. And then that that's what ends up taking them down, and they get cut by a team, and another team picks them up and lifts, lets them kind of see yeah. if they can rekindle what what was great about them. The, the kicker right now in Seattle, he was for a long time Oscar. a really good kicker. No, no. no, it was a guy that was in Minnesota. Blair Walsh. Just, oh, yeah, yeah, Blair Walsh. Your, and just had your, a, how, yeah, Hauschka was Seattle's guy for a long time, yeah. and now he's Buffalo's guy. Yeah. Right, and, and then you kind of go through that period where you can't get anything right, you get cut, Another team says, man, that was a really good kicker. Let's give him a shot to kind of regain that, and either he can or he can't. But it becomes a mental thing, and the reason why I say that is because I think the one thing I love about Dan Bailey is he seems to never, ever get flustered. He's never like, really he's always He's always, like, right there, even just seeming like his personality. Like, he never seems too high. He never seems really down. He's just kind of pretty steady. Oh, so that's good for a kicker, but I can't. I would think. I no, can't. absolutely like it's not. Boring and bad for me. Hey, it would be bad for radio and for TV if Dan were, Actually, were on them. Dan's. Dan's you get my point, right? He's a pretty bad interview. No offense, right. Dan. Right, but um, Dan's a great kicker, and that's a yeah. great quality to have in a kicker. And that's what I think may stop him from getting into that, at least right now, is that I don't think it'll become a mental thing. For not him. only that, but Dan and Chris Jones both, like going back to the injury thing. Like, it, it, most kickers look like your dad, you know? Like, Dan Bailey and Chris Jones are awesome athletes. Like, they win yep. the training program year after year. You can talk to guys on this team. Like, Dan and Chris beat them during the offseason workouts. Like, I mean, they're not like Anthony Brown fast, but they're fast. And, yeah. like, they take care of themselves. Like, we saw Chris blow a guy up last yeah, year. Yeah, no, the yeah. punt, sure, for sure. Yeah. Like, so I don't worry about him bouncing back from an injury because, like, you don't think of kickers as, like, true athletes, but he really is. For I sure. just think they need to give him enough time to fully recover. And even at practice, even him going out there and let's say he pulls something again, uh, if he does that, then I would be really, really concerned. And that's really easy to do for someone that plays his position. Um, with the groin injury, they just give need to give him enough time to recover and not put him – out there too soon just kind of like what happened with Cheeto different injury but still you're talking about something similar kind of how you get that type of injury and see what happens he got worse and worse yep all right let's take our first break when we come back let's get some uh let's get into the uh, Atlanta Falcons we'll talk about the Falcons defense and the Cowboys offense we'll do that when we come right back this is DallasCowboys.com radio we, the entertainment-loving people, want a smartphone built for us. With AT&T and DirecTV, you can get the Samsung Galaxy S8. With an infinity edge-to-edge screen, it's perfect for entertainment. We want exactly what you just said. Buy a Samsung Galaxy S8 and get one free after bill credits when you buy both on AT&T Next and have DirecTV. Visit your local AT&T store today. Buy each for $750 on installment agreement with eligible service. New line is free up to $750 in credits over 30 months. Credits start in two to three bills if service canceled by balance due. Taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. Limited time offer. See store for details. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and of course with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. 
Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas based Jack Black, is the number one best selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit getjackblack.com slash cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black, look good, smell good, feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit stetson.com slash cowboy to find a retailer nearest you. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking Cowboys versus Falcons, and we're going to now jump right into the Atlanta defense. Defense. Dave. Uh, the, real quick before we do this, just uh, the New Orleanian in me can't let this go. I just want to remind everybody that the Atlanta Falcons blew a 28-3 to lead in the Super Bowl. I feel like I just needed to say that. <laughs> I was about to, where'd that come Like. Just wanted to remind people that is that, that specific to the defense? Is that why you're leading I mean, there? They had a 28 to three lead and they let it go away. So yeah, here we go with the mumbling again. No, anyway, no, 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 no. Sorry. Um, not surprisingly, since Dan Quinn came from Seattle, and people all over the league, including Jason Garrett, will tell you like this. I mean, this is Seattle's defense. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. It's from four man front with versatile, penetrating, pass rushing type guys. Um, Big, highly talented secondary. They don't have. I mean, th- they don't have the Legion of Boom. That's just great drafting. But not for they lack. Got of, some good players. Though. Not not for lack of trying though. Yeah, I mean, Desmond Trufant is a first round pick. Uh, Keanu Neal, who I'm going to talk about extensively, is a first round pick. Robert Alford, who had a, I believe he had a pick six in the Super Bowl. Uh, he's a second round pick. So they have definitely put resources in there. Um, but yeah, I mean, fast linebackers. A very fast linebacker, which actually it's the Seattle model, right? No, yeah, absolutely. It's and I, I was actually reading a story about this. It's funny. Uh, San Francisco's D coordinator came from Seattle too, and he like laid the whole thing out. He's like, "Yeah, you need a front four that can do this. You need your defensive backs to do that." And he's like, "Linebacker almost doesn't even matter. I mean, you need good players, but he's like Mike, Will. It's all the same thing. Size doesn't really matter." It just if you're fast and athletic and can make plays, right? It's about speed and athleticism. Yeah, the Dion Jones certainly is that. Uh, he's their main linebacker. But it, it's funny because you watch these guys and you look at the depth chart and you're like, wait, what? What's going on here? Because Vic Beasley, who you should know, I think he had 15 sacks last year. Um, he's your primary edge rusher, but they list him as a linebacker. It's that Leo position that they love to talk about in that scheme. Um, they bring Keanu Neal down. He's basically an extra linebacker. So you've got your listed linebackers playing left end and your lifted, listed safeties playing next to Deion Jones as like your, your, ex, your third linebacker. So it's, it's really interesting because they play a lot of nickel, but it looks like a base defense because there's still three linebackers there because they play so much single high safety. Um, so Be- Beasley is the, is the guy that I'm looking at. Again, is he their best defensive player? Yeah, I think so. Just just because he can affect the passer, probably. But I mean, like Deion Jones is a beast, and that's not me being an LSU homer. He's awesome. 
Um, and then Neil, this guy Neil, which I remember doing the draft show. Brian Brian liked him, but I think like he had him as a second round pick. He couldn't believe Atlanta used a first round pick on him. And but he's he's playing like a beast. He, yeah, I saw in his in his write up yesterday. He said he was. He said I'll gladly say I'm wrong on that one. He's definitely worth the pick. He had two strips of Jonathan Stewart in this game against the Panthers last week. Uh, he's he's a ferocious hitter. He looks for contact and a big guy, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, like he's down in the box. Like I said, I mean, he looks like he could play linebacker if he really wanted to. Um, so that's Beasley's on the left side again. I'm tired of hearing this right end crap because all the best ones. Yeah. Seem to um, but I will be interested, especially if Tyron Jones or Tyron Jones, if Tyron Smith isn't playing in this game, I wonder how that affects what they want to do. If yep. they move Beasley, um, Adrian Claiborne and Tack McKinley are your guys on the right side. Tack McKinley rookie this year. Pick yeah. number 26 probably would have been pick number 28. If he, really? If I, oh, yeah. So, yeah, for sure. It was between – those were kind of the – Yeah, if he had been there, I think the Cowboys would have wanted him. And and he's he's good. He's, he's He had the injury, right? He had uh, he have an injury in yes, college. He had surgery right when his college season ended. I don't remember what it was. I think it was his shoulder. Um, but give he, me a scouting report on him. Like when he was coming out of college, what what did you like about him? What didn't you like about him? He's to I mean to sound like Bry. He's that classic like right end. He was the logic at the time was he's the most athletic of the pass rushers that would be available to the Cowboys in that range. I mean, he's not on Miles Garrett's level, but you yeah. were never going to be able to pick that high anyway. Uh, he's got a ridiculous motor. Like he, he never takes plays off. He doesn't dog anything. He's super, he's the guy that brought the picture of his grandmother out during the draft. Like he's just super, okay. he's super intense all the time. Like just a very high intensity type of guy. Um, he's, he's doing all right. Like he's not starting. He's got, Two sacks. He's got eight eight tackles and two and a half sacks. I think so. Like he's doing he's doing better than Taco, but not so much that it's like insane. Yeah. Um, Claiborne's a guy that I want. Taco has one. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. You can say that now. It's great. Yeah. Uh, Grady Jarrett is the is the three tech here, which actually thinking back to the Chiefs, Dontari Poe is their nose tackle now. Remember he was yeah. he's the nose tackle in Atlanta. Yeah. Oh. Playing alongside Jarrett, like yeah, that's a pretty nice one-two punch. Jarrett, I mean, talk about a big dude. Yeah, Jar- Jarrett, he was the guy that had three sacks in the Super Bowl last year, and he's he's playing great again this year. So he's a guy to watch. Um, but really, like, like I said, like it's Seattle's blueprint, and they've got a lot of talent, but I don't think they're all the way there yet. That this is like some kind of dominant unit. They're twelfth overall. They're tenth against the pass, which it's. This aggravates the crap out of me because they love to play man and they have the athletic corners to do it. But then last week they played zone in key situations and it burnt them. Like I just, it happens all the time. Like why do you change your plan up just because of the situation? Like trust your guys, especially in the NFL. Um, they're 14th in scoring D, which is pretty damn good. 21.5 points, so something's got to give there. But then the main thing that I look at and I look like I do this with every. Every team that I watch when it comes to the Cowboys, they're 18th against the run. They're allowing 115 yards per game, which, like, to me, that, I mean, that sounds all right. But I, I don't trust that they can stop the Cowboys straight up. I just don't think Have they, they faced a really good run, de- run offense this season? They played Carolina last week, and they gave, they gave yeah. up 200 yards. Oh wow! To Carolina, they gave up 200 yards to Carolina. Yeah, that's my. Yeah, I know. That's, How much of that was Jonathan Stewart versus Cam Newton? Cam, 
killed them. Right, and that's a little different. No, that it's helps, not. No, well, it helps Dak, but but There's, it is a little different from the standpoint of how they defend against just the base run, right? It. I get your point, but I think the Cowboys should absolutely incorporate that into this game. Absolutely. No, absolutely. They, I get they struggled with the read option stuff all day against Carolina. And, like, no, Dak's not as athletically freakish as Cam is. He's not going to run for 90 yards, but – he had 90 yards. He had 90 yards. Those plays are there, though. Those yeah. plays are there. Like, And I think they should absolutely take advantage of it. He he hit him for 34 yards on a bootleg. He hit him. Saw the touchdown run. Yeah, he had the touchdown where he dunked on the guys. He had several 10-yard gains on draws and uh, option keepers. Like, I think they should incorporate a lot of that stuff into this game, especially if Zeke is there, which we don't know he is. But bottom line i think you can run on these guys and and to the point we just made Deion jones is a hell of a player but they go for small and athletic over big and bulky and i'll take that against you know a power run team that can line up and just smash the ball at you how comfortable do you feel the cowboys can run that well if let's assume for a second you don't have tyron smith or you don't have zeke elliott you still have your front three and they're still playing pretty well right yeah i mean same thing I keep saying. It won't be as pretty, but I still think you can do it. Yeah. So um, I there's a lot of talented stuff here, but it's not anything that scares the crap out of me, basically, is how I feel. All right. Amber, give me one thing that stands out about this Atlanta defense. Nothing, really. I mean, <laughs> aside, from, oh, yeah. aside from everything that Dave just talked about, I mean, I keep looking at all these rankings, and there's really nothing that – worries me necessarily for example their defense are uh, rushing plays of 50 plus yards their number they're tied number one in stopping opponents doing that but then you look at the Cowboys that's not necessarily something that the Cowboys have been doing so a lot of the things I'm looking at doesn't really take down on what the Cowboys are doing so I'm not concerned or worry about their defense just the thing that I am concerned was is what you just talked about, Tyron Smith, Ezekiel Elliott. What kind of player? What players the Cowboys are going to have available on Sunday? That's uh, my main concern. Aside from that, anything else from what Dave talked about? There's nothing. There. Well, I, I'm going to let Nick go because I don't want to do that thing where I take his point out of his mouth. So. Well, I mean, I don't know about the 50 plays, but the 20, the 20 plus plays. Atlanta doesn't really give up a ton of big plays. Right. So that that's one thing that they are pretty good at. But the thing is is that that might be bad if you're playing if they're playing, you know, Kansas City or something like that, but Kansas City relies on big plays and they didn't get many and that's why they didn't win or one of the reasons. The Cowboys don't really need that as much, you know. As great as Zeke is, is running the ball, I think we said the other day as long as rush is 30 yards. And so um you know, they they're not really a big play type offense. So you know, yeah, Atlanta's doing a great job of, of eliminating that. I guess I'll say the one thing that would concern me, you know, the Cowboys have 28, they have a streak of 28 straight games. I'm sorry, 28 points in six straight games. That is a franchise record. They've tied a 2007 team. They can go for seven in a row. But the problem is, is Atlanta hasn't given up 28 all year. That is, is, while they're not playing that well, they don't score a lot of, on offense. They have not allowed more than 26 points, and that was a game they won at Detroit, which – a lot of controversy in that that yeah. play. Detroit looked like they scored at the end. It would have been over that you know number, but 
So that that's their cutoff, really, is like 26 points right there. And so. I, I believe they're on a run of 17. Like, they've allowed an average of 17 in their last three, four weeks. Have, what kind of offenses have they been facing in those? Well, the, they faced Carolina, the yeah. Jets, New England, and Miami. So New England is a, at New England, a high-powered offense. They lost 23-7 to at New England. So that was a game where you know they, they couldn't get anything going. Yeah. New England didn't run away with it. You know, that's but, really interesting too. Buffalo at home, twenty three points allowed. Oh, that was that was the Sunday night game. Yeah, that yeah, was. Yeah, we were flying. We were coming yeah. back from somewhere. And that's the interesting thing. New England, like they've been having some real issues stopping the run. Yeah. And on defense as as a whole, to be able to hold them to seven, that's really that's really interesting. I think now when you put it in the context of what you know, happened the first half of the season, they've, they have faced some of the better quarterbacks in the league. You know, I guess with with Aaron Rodgers in week two. And they they won that game. They faced Matt Stafford, um, uh, Tom Brady, you know Cam, Josh McCown. So some of the better quarterbacks in the league. <laughs> they haven't played. Breeze. You just got to slip that one in there, Josh McCown. Yeah, they haven't played. You're paying attention. They haven't played Breeze yet, have they? No, are, are you? No, they haven't. They got two games against him. Yeah, I'm sorry. They they play them. They play them in. The week fourteen and then week sixteen. So kind of like the Cowboys. Holy fourteen and sixteen. That's awful. They mm-hmm. would have them close the season. Give them that extra week at least. Week seven. Well, they, they played December seventh. That seems like a Thursday uh, game. I think it is. Yes, yes it, is. it is. Okay. The, so they play them on a Thursday game, and then the next weekend they play at Tampa, and then the next, and then Christmas Eve they play them. That's a hell of a... I don't like when they do that with... I don't like that. Like, I, don't I like, like to have a little more space between... Especially division. I don't like what's happening with the Cowboys and Eagles right now. Yeah. Like, to, yeah. a big rivalry between two teams that you think are going to contend for the division, and they don't play the, for the first time until November. Yeah, I mean... I don't like that. I agree. Because they get to Thanksgiving, they have not faced Tampa Bay or New Orleans yet. Atlanta. They've got to face Tampa Bay. You know, so in the, their That's final the six games, they got four games against the Saints and Tampa, and then of course Carolina too. That's the NFL trying to manufacture drama by backloading the schedule with division games. That's all that is. Yeah, I know, I, I know they try to do that. I just and I can't. I don't Once. presume to to know the intricacies of trying to figure out thirty two teams and a yeah. you know all these games and schedule buys and all that. I, it could probably be pretty taxing, but still, just as a fan, as somebody watching. I, that just doesn't feel right to me. I like to like a little more space between those games. Yeah. One, I mean, this like I said, this is a talented defense, and I, I mean, scoring defense is the most important stat of all, right? And they're giving up 21 points a game. But the big thing for me, they are tied for last in the league in takeaways. Yep, they have 31st interception, six, and two of those came last week. So they had four going into Week Nine of the season. Mm-hmm. Two picks, four fumble recoveries. The Cowboys have given the ball away eight times, and four of those are fumbles, four are picks. When was Dak's last pick? The Rams? I don't know. It's been more. It's been a nice little stretch of games here since the last time he threw an interception. So you're going on the road against a team that isn't good at taking the ball away. You absolutely – not only do you have to, but you should – Packers. Packers. So October October eighth. Oh yeah, that one wasn't even his fault. Mm-mm. Yeah, bummer. But you you shouldn't and you can't lose the turnover battle to this team. Like if you're losing, like that's that's embarrassing he's, for a yep. team that's as good at protecting the football as the Cowboys are. They should got, not be giving up turnovers. Sorry, he's got four interceptions. You can really say three of them really aren't his fault because one of them against the Rams that they the, the ball was hit from behind when he was trying to throw it and Mark Barron like dove and picked it off and then you've got 
against the the Broncos, one of them Dez just dropped right to Chris Harris, and then the one to keep to leave in the end zone. I com- that's the right. one that was on him. Yeah, yeah. I and completely scored off of it. I completely agree with you, but Dez has broken up about sure. three or four would be picks too. I mean, and that's the nature of, of quarterbacks around the league. There's yeah. some that they that they should have had picked that they didn't get picked, and yeah. some that they that, that go the other way. So. Some, but like I think it was one of those pro football focus guys was tweeting the other day that. If you if you charted Dez's pass breakups on like plays where he had to play defense, he would be like second in the league in pass breakups or something. I'm like You're kidding. No, but but it, I mean it's a little bit different because the receiver, your job is to put your hands on the ball. So obviously you're gonna touch the ball a lot, even when it's not complete. You know, now people so, are gonna be calling for Dez to play corner. I mean, I don't think that's a good idea, honestly. <laughs> but safety. I thought it was interesting. I mean, Dez, Dez has played some good defense this year. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, when you look at all the stats for this team, I think when I got down to, to seeing their their uh, turnover differential, that to me was when I was like, that's your difference. That's what has gotten them, in my opinion, to 4-4. Four and four. Now, The offense has had its struggles. Uh, the defense isn't perfect, but I think they play pretty well. I think not being able to get turnovers is a big difference in what they are. If you're holding your opponents to 20 points a game and you have an MVP caliber quarterback, you should be winning more. Right. You shouldn't be 4-4. Four and four. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think that's the thing I point to. And so if the Cowboys can manage to not turn the ball over in this game, protect the ball, I think they have a great shot at winning this game. Absolutely should not. I mean, even if, if it's even, fine. But you shouldn't lose the turnover battle right. to these guys. All right, let's take our final break. We'll come back. Let's get some questions. The number's 214-872-2102. Again, 214-872-2102. Or hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break. This is The Break. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. We, the entertainment-loving people, want a smartphone built for us. With AT&T and DirecTV, you can get the Samsung Galaxy S8. With an infinity edge-to-edge screen, it's perfect for entertainment. We want... Exactly what you just said. Buy a Samsung Galaxy S8 and get one free after bill credits when you buy both on AT&T Next and at DirecTV. Visit your local AT&T store today. Buy each for $750 on installment agreement with eligible service. New line is free up to $750 in credits over 30 months. Credits start in two to three bills if service canceled by balance due. Taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. Limited time offer. See store for details. Ice cold Dr. Pepper and the Dallas Cowboys go way back. They belong together, like Texas and football, silver and blue, shotgun formations and Hail Marys. Having a Cowboys football party without Dr. Pepper is like having Thanksgiving without the Cowboys. Basically, we wouldn't recommend it. So next time you have a tailgate, home gate, or whatever else kind of gate, grab some ice-cold Dr. Pepper for you and your friends to enjoy. It's a Dallas Cowboys tradition. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. Back to the break. 
Welcome back. It is the final segment of The Break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nicholas, take it away. You know, I bet you a lot of people that are listening to this are, are diehard Cowboy fans. They've got Cowboy shirts, definitely a jersey, maybe a hat. But you're a real Cowboy fan if you've got that star on your underwear. And I was, it was just kind of brought to my attention the other day that when you get some of these Tommy John underwear, they come with the Cowboy star on them, just like on the bottom of it. So, you know, if the people, if you're that close to some people that are going to see you in underwear, they're going to know that you're a Dallas Cowboy fan. So not only does it feel great, not only does it, does it uh, have this unbelievable feel that you can't even really know that you're wearing underwear, but you can also support your favorite team if you shop exclusive Cowboys underwear at TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. I'm imagining like a third date or maybe a really successful first date where like maybe that doesn't come up, you know, maybe that conversation doesn't come up. But then like later on, they're like, wait, you're a a Cowboys fan. And like either that's a deal. It could could go either way. Enhance your night or really just ruin your night one way or the other. So maybe you cover that before you get to that part of the evening. Nah. No, you don't think so? Go all in because you need to know. Time out. You need to know if that's no, no, going to no, be no. a problem. Don't if but you that's, have Dallas Cowboy underwear. You're going to talk about Not it. only that. Not only do you have Dallas Cowboy underwear, but if you're going into a date and you're putting it on, so that means you're like, this is. You're feeling I'm good really about good. it. Right. Right. You, got, you got on the ones that you want to expose to, to someone. Right. Right. Fair. You're yeah. going. You're right. You're going to talk about if you the care if you care enough about the Cowboys to have them on your underwear. That's going to come up. It just it just can't. It just, yeah. Go. It will come up. It has to. But if it doesn't, I don't know. Fun little conversation piece for later on. Maybe I don't know. Just saying. You look over on the floor and be like, "Oh, you're a Cowboys fan, huh?" <laughs> the look you're giving is making me very <laughs> uncomfortable right now. It's not a. It is not a Cowboys game day, but it is an important day regarding the Zeke matters. So obviously, yeah, you want to catch us up on that? Well, I, I, I'm wearing my Tommy John because it's a big day. That's okay. All. Well, catch me up on what's going to happen with Zeke today. I don't know what's going to happen with Zeke today. I just know what's happening. Well, there's definitely something he's, happening. He's, he's having. Court. He's in. He's in New York. He's at a. He's at the Second Circuit hearing with the panel, federal judges. Blah blah blah. We've talked about it a million times. There's going to be a hearing uh, later today. I think two. And then there will be a ruling. Maybe you know, our friend Daniel Wallach just said on Twitter, maybe it'll be late tonight or sometime tomorrow. Like I said, I think we talked about it earlier this week. I do expect there to be a ruling before the Cowboys have to play the Falcons. I do expect Hopefully that. Hopefully it's not Sunday. I, I, like I said, somebody got mad at me yesterday because I said that government doesn't work on weekends. Yeah, you did kind of go pretty hard at our, our, what, our government okay. working friends. I'm very confident. I'm sorry. But I'm very confident that a federal court's not going to make a ruling on a Sunday. Like I just that would. How about a Saturday? No, like the courts aren't open on weekends, are they? Well, I don't know about the court being open, but that doesn't mean that the that the the judge know, doesn't work on I'm, Saturdays. I'm out of my depth here, but I re- I think today or tomorrow we're going to hear something. That's just how I feel. I agree. All right. Well, we will find out. Zeke Elliott is down there. He's in New York, right? So he's mm-hmm. he's actually there for the hearing, and and we will see. We will see. Uh, how this thing goes and whether there's a decision anytime soon and what that decision is because I think it matters. Yeah, I know a lot of Wait, people what? I think it matters. You think it matters? Well, no. You, you think it the, matters whether Zeke is suspended You were not. the one that was saying that you think 
yesterday, I think your quote was, I, I don't think it matters as much. I don't think it matters very much because I think they'll still be okay running the ball. I, I, I want to review the tape on that. I said I think that— No, they, no, not on the air. We were upstairs. I said I think that they can run the ball without Zeke. It still definitely matters if he's in Okay, there. well, let me, let me restate it. I think it matters a lot. I think it makes a huge difference in their ability to run the ball, especially if they don't have Tyron Smith, if they have Zeke Elliott, or if they don't. I think it makes a huge difference. I don't think, like I, I said last week, I don't think I don't think they win that game last week without Ezekiel Elliott. That's how I, how much I think he brings to this team. Alfred Morris averaged 11 yards a carry. I get it. <laughs> I get it. And you know, I, I really like Alfred as a running a back. He had one carry. It was. Was a good run. I know, but I'm just saying, I, I get the fact that Alfred Morris is a good running back. I'm just saying, I think what Zeke brings isn't always seen on the stat sheet. And I think that's the part that you're going to miss if he's not there. I I have said many times on the record that I think that they would be able to run the ball without Zeke. But let me state emphatically that I do think there's a difference. I do think it is important whether or not he's there. It's huge because we just talked about the fact that they don't give up a lot of big plays in Atlanta. And, and when you give the ball to Zeke on first down... A lot of the times he can he'll get it to second and six, second and five, whereas sometimes you know you're going to be facing long situations. So I think that that you know he would help. He's going to help Dak more than anything and keep him out of bad situations. But I don't I don't know if Alfred Morris and Rod Smith McFadden can do that consistently. Like I'll have me. to see it. Yeah, because all I know is the the last time that Zeke wasn't here, they still had a good offensive line and they couldn't run in certain situations. So I just I'd have to see it before I'd believe it. Yeah. That's all right. Let's uh, let's go ahead and move on. Let's get some questions. You guys call us 214-872-2102 is our number. Uh, you can also hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break. We'll start with a call from Dallas in Jacksonville. Dallas, what up? How you guys doing today? Good. How are you? Great. Um, I was laughing about the comments you were making about the underwear star. If your significant other knows you very very well enough, you know, you have a few pair in the, the drawer with the star on them. But uh, my question is for Nick. Um, Nick, I asked this question on, to you on Twitter before you never answered it, and right. I asked it on the other the other show, and Nikki kind of you know read me my Miranda rights. So that doesn't sound I left like that him. alone. Okay. <laughs> if the Cowboys was to get a speed receiver, do you really think they would use him the right way? For instance, Lucky had speed, and they ran him east and west. I mean, how would you feel if they got the Lucky so-called couldn't speed catch. receiver? That was a problem and, for Lucky. Lucky could not catch the ball consistently. They didn't trust him to throw, go down the field, and they also didn't trust him to run the right routes to to you know, to be that way. So, but he it, had speed. I understand. I, I I get that. And they were and they did not draft him. What I'm saying is is that I'm not. I don't need a first round pick, but I need somebody in the second third round. You've got speed. You, you've shown the ability to make plays in games that are probably in a power five conference. So I I mean unlike Lucky. Again, he had speed, and and I think they've missed him a little bit. But I I want a little bit more than the undrafted wide receiver who's undersized from Florida Atlantic. I want a little bit more than that. I I don't need first round. You really think they would draft one? Well, I'm I'm talking second or third round. I need somebody that scares you, and I don't think he would scare you down the field. Now, he did make a play against Green Bay uh, down the field. He started off as a a running back. It was was kind of a trick play. You're right. Would they use him? I think so. I think so if they if they trusted him enough. I, I definitely okay. do. All right. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Thank you. I get the point he's trying to make though. And I and I think we talked yeah. about that. Like I I don't trust like I just don't think they want this offense to look like that. Like that, you know, people imagine 
Like I always think about like vintage ben, Big Ben Pittsburgh, where just like it seems like every third play is a thirty-yard shot down the field, and I just don't think they want to play that way with the way they're built. So I I think that's the point he's trying to make. Yeah. And Funny thing is, it. it seemed like you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like earlier this year that's what we were seeing quite a bit more was that they were trying to take those shots downfield. They weren't converting a lot of them. But it seems like they were at least taking those shots downfield, right? I think there's a little bit of a difference there between like those are 50-50 balls to Des Bryant. Like yeah. that's but I mean you Bryce. like go watch Pitt or Bryce Butler. Yeah. But again, Pittsburgh, like you're like Antonio Brown's running these deep crossing routes where I mean just chunking the ball or Martavis Bryant is breaking open on a post or a go. I I think there's a difference. I think even when the Cowboys do that, it's all about calculated risk. Like, this is a good spot on the field. This is a ball that will either be a catcher and incompletion, yada, yada, yada. I just – I don't think about – again, I got the, the Cowboys don't want to throw 40 times a game. I got That's a, that type of offense. I got a question for everyone, a little mini game. The Cowboys have 20 plays of 20-yard passes or more. They have 20 of them this year. 20, 20-plus 20 yeah. yard plays pass plays passing plays of 20 yards or more they've had 20 of them just guess how many of those 20 are from des three that sounds about yeah what do you think around there less than five for sure i'm gonna i would guess and i would bet bryce is the leader with five i would guess four I got 13 states over here. <laughs> the answer is four. Wow. Thank you. You're right. You're right under Look at the five. paper. No, um, I not. No, he couldn't read this that quickly. I mean, it's uh, Terrence Williams has three in the last two games. Yep. Um, and he's got four, five. Bryce has five. Uh, no, t- uh, Terrence. Oh, sorry. Terrence has five. Bryce Butler, uh, one, two, three, four. And Zeke has two. And Hannah has one. Huh. And uh, mm-hmm. Beasley has one. So I might be missing somebody. But okay. that's, I mean, is that kind of what we expect? And I mean, I would, he's your big play. I'm I, I'm just thinking off the top of my head. But other than the balls to Bryce, which are almost all jump balls, most of those are yak plays. Like Zeke's, yeah. a, Zeke's a 79-yard screen. Terrence is a catch and run. Et cetera, et cetera. Like these, yeah. yeah. Let me. They're let not me taking guys, these huge shots. That's just not what they do. Going back to what the caller was kind of getting at, do you think that maybe the point of what he's saying too is is playing out right now? You have a guy that has speed on this wide receiver right. core. Do they really use him the right way enough? Is it that they don't trust him? Because I know Nick, you said too. The reason why you're going to be able to get that speed guy later is because there is some deficiency in yeah. the game, and in this instance for Bryce. It's that he's inconsistent catching the ball, but he certainly has speed. Well, you were salty at the game the other day. You were... Anyway, <laughs> he's he's inconsistent catching the ball. That's his vice, right? That's the thing that that makes him the guy that's not your top yeah. guy because he has the speed. Do you think they use him enough? Do you think they take enough opportunities uh, to take advantage of his speed? Uh, kind of going to the caller's point that if they had a speed guy, which they seemingly do, would they take advantage of it? Yeah, I mean I, that's a that's a good question. I mean with him, I, I don't. You're right. They they're using him more as a big body guy. You know, he runs those rub routes really, and and not not as much as the the deep ball. So I would kind of like to throw him, you know, the ball down the field a little bit more. Yeah. Did you see the other night there was a flea flicker in the uh, was that the Monday night game? I wanted to tweet you so bad, but I was like, nah, I'll just leave it alone. It got blown up, but. 
Carolina, this is sort of related. Carolina ran like the coolest Statue of Liberty I've seen since Boise State. They, planned, they ran a Statue of Liberty in this game against the. It was it was a Statue of Liberty concept, not the traditional, but literally, it was it was like the lucky play where uh, so they send Curtis Samuel in motion from the left to the right. He runs in front of him like Lucky or Switzer does here. And uh, Cam takes the snap, fakes a bubble screen to the left, and then, like, as he's dropping his arm down, he hands it off to Samuel behind his back and picked up, like, 15 yards. Oh, wow. It was cool. Yeah. And I'm sorry. But I like that. Oh, it is. I like that nifty concept. little Nifty yeah. little concept. All right, let's get a uh, question from Twitter. What benefits the Cowboys more for this game? Multi-sack game for D-Law and Irvin or great red zone efficiency for the offense? I'll sound like a broken record, but I, I just always want the thing that's going to favor the offense. Like if you're efficient in the red zone, that means you're scoring touchdowns, and that any that's how you win games. That's how you win games. Any offense is going to have a hard time keeping up with that, especially one that's been as stop start has problems as the Falcons. Like I'd way rather be scoring touchdowns and forcing them to keep up than trying to put it on the defense because I, I mean they're playing really well, but they're not the strength of this team, and if they're the strength of the game. That's probably a bad sign. And not only that, but red zone efficiency usually points to the fact that you run the ball well. If you can't run the ball well, you're usually not going to be very good. Check out De- Detroit. They're a good example of that. Uh, if you can't run the ball well, then when you get in the red zone and everything's compacted, you're not going to be able to move the defense around enough in order to make plays. So I think red zone efficiency is one of the most important stats, in my opinion, uh, when you look at football and, and success. Who in Atlanta's backfield scares you more, Freeman or Coleman? Freeman. Just for I, I he's gonna. He's be, a better ba- all around back. He's a better all around back. He's he's only got 137 receiving yards this year, which is surprising to me. I I don't think Steve Sarkeesian's using him the right way, and yeah. I think it's weird that I don't know that they're as good as the Cowboys' offensive line, but like they have talent on their line too. I mean, you know, Jake Matthews is a first round pick. They brought in Alex Mack, and he was one of the stories of the season last year. Everybody gave him so much credit for helping their offense achieve that status where they made it to the Super Bowl. And they don't they don't run. Like they feel like they're they don't think they can do it. Uh, he's got or and they don't use their running backs. He has 137 yards. I think he's only got 114 carries. Mm-hmm. I know Coleman takes some of that, but like not a whole lot though. He was averaging 4.5 yards per carry and they only ran the ball. They only gave him 11 carries. They only ran the ball as a team 18 times in a game that they at one point led by double digits. Like what kind of sense does that make? Yeah. Um, so Freeman scares me more in just in terms of what he can do, but it seems like they aren't aware that he's good, or at least they're not using him that way. Yeah. And they seem like they're very different kinds of backs. They scare you in different ways. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's when you watch them, like both of them, I think can run, both of them can make guys miss Coleman is, is a much bigger kind of back. So, you know, it it just, I don't know. They're different kinds of running backs. Uh, but I think they both have some scary features about them. They both can run. They both can turn a short gain into a big run uh, because of their ability to run in the open field. Coleman was part of the post-DeMarco draft. Like, he was in that class with uh, Duke Johnson and Jay Ajayi. And, I, I mean, you know, the Cowboys have Zeke. And whatever happens with him, it, I think it's a good pick. He's going to have a great – he is having a great career. But I'll always be a little bit curious to know – like, like, what would Tevin Coleman be doing here? Like, would he be all like Jay Ajayi is clearly a very good running back. He could be here too. I, I just, it's interesting. I always think about that. With guy in, was the guy in San Diego in that class as well? Gordon. Yeah. Yes, but I mean, he was off. I know. I was just wondering. I'm just thinking about that yeah. class. The yes. running backs in that class. But got some pretty good ones. Coleman. I mean, 
everybody thought Coleman would be a second-round pick, and he lasted well into the third. So yeah. He definitely could have been on this team if the Cowboys had wanted him. Yep. All right, let's get another question from Twitter. Do you guys expect Terrence Williams, in case that he does play and he's healthy and good to go, uh, do you guys expect him to have such a good game like the one he did last weekend? Or was that just a Terrence, one-time thing? I don't expect him to to, bounce, to have another game like that. But that's not really what this offense is about. I mean, this offense is about, oh, watch out for Terrence Williams. You know, Witten only had one catch for five yards. But this is when Witten comes back, and Witten has seven or eight. That's what a really good balanced offense does is that you've got different guys. They know that Dez is the, the, the guy they need to focus on and the running back, whoever it is, if it's Zeke or whoever. But, but I think that that's what makes this offense pretty good is that when – you kind of sleep on Terrence, then he could have a game like that. And then Beasley had, you know, Beasley didn't really have a great game. I mean, he had four, what, four catches, but he two around the red zone. So when you get down in that red zone, they're like, watch Beasley, watch Beasley. And that's where Whitten's going to make a play. This question illuminates for me why I think, or the problem I have with how a lot of people judge Terrence Williams. Um, when I look at Terrence Williams and the number two receiver in this offense, it kind of goes to what Nick is saying. Like they are, it is not an offense that's predicated on anybody other than Zeke and Dak every week doing big things. It is really, hey, what's going to be the, the the right matchup in this kind of situation? What are we going to get? What are we going to be presented with by the defense? One week it could be Witten. One week it it could be Terrence. One week it could be Cole. Like it doesn't. It's it, and they don't really care. They just want to take the the best matchup and they want to get the ball to the best guy. So I think it's unfair sometimes when people start thinking like, okay, so he's ready to now have this really. He's going to go on this crazy run. Well, that's not the way this offense works. I don't think you can evaluate the second receiver in Dallas like that. Really, you can't evaluate Des like that because it's just not. This offense is not predicated on one guy getting off every week. It's just not the way it works. Yeah, that's the one, and that's why I I think this team is still is lacking a speed receiver because, you know, you can shut down all these other things, but if a guy can run can run by you, he can run by you, and that's something you always have to consider. And so I just think it would open up more things. And, and you know what, you don't always have to throw it. You don't. You definitely don't have to complete it. You don't even have to 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 throw the ball to him. But, I mean, I remember in 1996 when Deion Sanders started playing offense that whole year. And there would be times where it, he would just run down the field at the first play of the game. Troy didn't throw it to him. They threw it over here. But that corner and that safety were like, oh, man. And then from then on, it just affected things. So you like having that guy with that threat back there. You know what I'm going to try to chart this week? I'm going to try to chart how many plays there's a guy running. I don't know. What would be the cut? 20 yards downfield, 30 yards downfield? on each pass play. I would like to see, are there guys that are actually, like they have a route in most pass plays that goes downfield, they just rarely use it. Yeah. I would I would be interested to know that. Well, I don't know that I've ever really charted that can, to see. Can you do me a favor too? And, and and I know that you'll do this, and this is one thing I hate. And you hear, when you're in the press box, you hear people talk different things, and you're like, that's not right. People forget how quick safeties are. So yeah. sometimes a safety will see a running back and you know the ball's there, and then all of a sudden, you know, it goes to it. Or say, say it's not a, it's a, it's a deep ball, and it gets dumped short, and then the safety's here, and you see Terrence just streaking like Terrence was wide open, like he wasn't wide open. Mm-hmm. The safety let him go once he read the play, and so I think people forget how quick they are. So don't get fooled by that. No, and I, honestly, I don't, I, don't, I don't even, and it's not so much about what the defense does. I want to know how often the Cowboys have a receiver 
down the field, yeah. 20 yards down the field, 30 yards down the field. I know. Just to just to, to know if that's a part of their offense regularly and they just don't use it. I know that you're a busy guy, but rather than trying to chart that live from the press box, you'd be way better off pulling up the All-22 on Game Pass. Good, good, good Thank segue. you. I like that. Thank would you. Cut into one, Any fan can like do that. Big we should brother. challenge the fans to well, do that for us every week, right? Yeah, hey, have at it. I watch it every week. I've, yeah. I've never, honestly, you're right, I've never taken the time to I chart that. I think you that. do it on my account, don't you? I do. That's what I'm saying. I know. Oh, Sit down with your iPad. That's You have it with you every freaking where you go. Here's a question for you. What's tougher? What's a tougher time to get a conversation in with Derek? Like during the game as the <laughs> play's going on and he's charting on his Excel or right before takeoff flying out somewhere when he's got headphones on, oh. he's already watching season three of something. <laughs> and then... Our viewers who aren't watching won't see, but he like he does this like what? Like he looks at you just like like you just he's you interrupted the most important thing in the world like in both circumstances. Watching, episode three over during here. a play as well as hey, while I'm watching my show. Watching Either the show, one. Texas is on, and you know then we haven't even taken off yet, so you still got you got the Longhorns on before that. You know yeah. the game's still in doubt, um, so it must be early. And then wow, uh, okay. wow. Okay. nice. You usually don't go there, but okay, I got you. I know. I got you. I got you. My team beat Coastal Carolina. <laughs> Y'all got, oh, you guys match up. Let's go, Dave. We need a bet. We need a bet this week. It. No. No, we need a bet this week. It's the classic LSU-Arkansas. Like, I know. We I, need I a bet. Have, there's, I have nothing to win. If we beat them, great. They suck. But if we lose to no, them, No, but that's why great. we got to have a they bet suck. between hey, you two that makes you've it You've got something to win, and it doesn't involve me. What, bragging rights? <laughs> Or just just not having somebody, just not having not having Taylor Stern, the newest Arkansas fan in your ear. Oh, <laughs> we need a bet. We got to get a bet hey, tomorrow. We're coming. Hey, hey, why don't you guys tweet us some ideas for a good bet between Brian? I'm sorry, between uh, Dave yeah. and Nick for this Arkansas. LSU. I don't want. I don't want. Don't no, forget. no, it's not about what you want. It's about what's good for the show. Do what's good for the show. Don't forget, we're 17 point underdogs. I literally, okay. I. I can't. I won't win. Like I said, if if we beat them, we were supposed to. If we lose to them, what else is new? We but if you beat them, Nick may be doing something that's really uh, embarrassing I on here. Like, yeah. we don't know. When, yeah. you, when you barely beat Coastal Carolina by one <laughs> and flex your arms about it, like, your season's kind of over anyways. Yeah. Until you beat LSU. That's true. Then I might be pretty excited about that. So the bet's on. Okay, I, we need some ideas. Give us some ideas. We'll figure gonna, this out tomorrow. They're going to sprint across the field and pick up that stupid boot trophy like it's because you know, it's the so, only thing they and have. And hold it above their heads. Check this out. Of yeah. the 20, there's the top 21 teams ranked in, in college football. There's seven matchups between top 21 teams. Some good games. This week. That's unbelievable. And as Dave pointed out on Twitter, the only one he cares about really is LSU-Arkansas. I, yeah. I, don't, I'll, I mean, I'll watch those if they're on, but if we lose to Arkansas... It's... They got some good games tomorrow night. Dave, I hope, night. I hope that you lose... I hope LSU loses to Arkansas and it ruins the middle of your day. And then I hope later in the day, maybe you pick up a couple of mm. Yeah, that would be mm. cool. That would be a nice consolation prize. That would be a nice consolation. Emmy, Emmy Award ceremony this Saturday night. We'll find Amber out about our nine nominations. Again? Yes, she's the only one that's got. She's one. the only person that will be a repeat winner this weekend if she wins. I guess if I had to choose, I'd take the Emmy over the boot because we're not. It's not like yeah. LSU's even. You're not going to get the year. boot, right? They're not yeah. bringing it to your house. But I mean, just I live my life surrounded by these horrid Arkansas fans, so that's something that I got to keep in mind. Good you know? point. And so, point. all right, Don't appreciate talk you guys about joining Jerry us. Jones that way. Hey, not you, Jerry. <laughs> not you. This is You're an Arkansas building. Yeah. All right, thank you guys for joining us. We are back tomorrow. We'll get you guys ready for the game. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleson. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com Radio.
This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!